Well, I, I just want to welcome you back to part two. We're going to talk, we've been talking about divine direction. But before I do get into the message, I just, want to, I just want to kind of get you off of the side a little bit and just say, how many of you, if you got a job offer right now, today, I'm going to take my Band-Aid off. If you got a job offer doing the same thing you're doing, how many of you wouldn't mind a $12,000 raise per month? If you, how many would you take it? Come on. That's $1,000 a month. Okay. See, I was going to offer y'all more. Some of y'all. Um, how about if you got 50000 Who's in? Come on. How about anybody else? Show me your hands. If, how about an extra 100000 You could just go to any city you like and you say, I'm going. Come on. All right. But, well, but let me say, so that'll probably help you understand why it's hard for me to share with you this morning what I've got to share with you. But I'm going to go to another church because they offered me more money. <laughs> What's up with that? Y'all get to go, but I got to stay. Well, you know, hold on that thought. I'm not going anywhere. All right. So we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this later in the message. Okay. But. One of the most commonly asked questions as a pastor that I get is, Pastor Bubba, how do I know what God's will is for my life? Or how do I know what is his direction for my life? You see, I believe this. The decisions that we make today determine the stories we're going to tell tomorrow. Amen? How I many you know everything starts with small decisions? But those small decisions add up to, it can add up to a great life. And see, in other words, we make decisions and our decisions make us. You see, like Pastor Jacob last week, he talked about how many people are today are having a difficult time making decisions because there's so many more options today than where it used to be. It used to be like we had a few options. When he started talking about the TV, I remember being, you know, I remember we, I was my dad's antenna. Son, move it this way. And we could catch two channels and sometimes if the wind was right, and the weather was right, we could get bon uh, Baton Rouge and sometimes Beaumont. So that was like incredible. But see, what happens is now is, you know, we have a variety of all kinds. Instead of choosing between what restaurants you want to go to, now you got waiter and you can have them bring it to you. So there's all, yeah, someone got excited about that. <laughs> someone pulled out their phone right now. I'm going to order right now. By the time he's on, you know, sharp preacher, sharp message. Don't let that fool you. <laughs> the second reason is that this is the first generation that's dealt with what people call the illusion of perfection. What is that, Pastor Bubba? You know, today, because of social media, we see what many people call the illusion of perfection. You ever get on your, you go to Facebook and people go, oh man, she's got the perfect body. She makes me sick. <laughs> Look at him in the gym working out. You got that perfect form. You know, and, and it, look at them on a date again. Where's my husband been? <laughs> look at that. They get, they're sitting there and they're having the perfect meal. It's the illusion of perfection. There's a generation afraid to make an imperfect decision. So guess what they do? They don't make any decisions at all. At all. 
And see, I want to talk to you today how, you gr- how we grow in our decision making. You know, and here, here's questions people get. Where do I go to college? Who should I date? Should we get married? Should we have another kid? Should we buy this house or rent this house? Or should we get another car? Or should I take that job? The good news, if you are a follower of God, a follower of Jesus, God will show you exactly what he wants you to do. There will be no doubt in your mind. You will be 100% sure, and there will be never, ever be any problems or obstacles at all. And everybody and everything that I just told you is completely untrue. But, but this is what many people think. You see, if nobody's going to understand what God wants, if, if, if you want to understand what God, understand what God wants, you, it's got to be, I would say, a good example in the Bible would be Paul because he wrote most of the New Testament. And so I love Paul. The dude wrote the majority of the New Testament. Not only that, he had encounters with God in heavenly places. He had visions. He started churches all over. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verses 6 through 9 and see what it says. It says, perhaps, I love that. Say it when you say, perhaps. I will stay a while with you. Say this with me. Possibly. All winter, and then you can see, send me on my way to the next destination. This time, I don't want to make it just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while. And look what it says. Say this with me. If. if. So, perhaps, possibly, if the Lord will let me. And see, I believe this is for all of us in verse, it, it, what happens is, it, 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 even Paul didn't have a clue what was going to come. How many of you would love to know what the future has for you? I heard someone say, man, you don't want to know what the future has. You might be too scary. And you say, ain't no way God can do that with me. You see, he, done, he, done, he didn't understand the details, yet he served God fully. If you feel a little bit like Paul, take comfort in this. God doesn't always show us the future. God doesn't show us the details. In other words, man makes his plans in his heart, but God determines his steps. Steps. Life is all about steps. It's where you step yourself into, where you walk toward, what you do with your steps. You see, how do we grow in God's perfect, perfect will? We do it step by step. You see, God doesn't always show us exactly what to do, but he will give us wisdom to decide. How many of you believe that? You see, when Solomon became king, he, he was to sacrifice a bull before the Lord to make an offering. And so what... What Solomon wanted to do, he wanted to be extravagant and grateful and thankful that he was king and that God would just, he would be picked and he had a chosen. So what he did, instead, instead of taking one bull, he took a thousand bulls. And I know a lot of people need to get the bull out of them. But what happened is, God, Solomon wanted to worship God with such extravagance and sacrifice. So God said to him, I will give you whatever you want. 
Because an extravagant move of generosity draws the heart of God. What do you mean? Solomon doesn't want, didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for conquering over his enemies. You know what he asked for? He said, give me wisdom to judge rightly and honor you. This is what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 4, 7. He says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Let's, let's do a test. How many of you think before you knew the Lord, you didn't make many wise decisions? How many of you think your judgment was a little bit off? You hung out with people that were just as miserable as you were. Come on. The Bible says misery loves company. No one likes to party alone. Come on. What you doing partying with myself? <laughs> when you're young, it's called partying. When you get old, it's called a drunk or a stoner or a loser. See, this, what happens is give me wisdom. See, this is why Solomon said in Proverbs, getting wisdom is the wisest thing. For those of you who have lived long enough, you're going to say something like this. I wish I knew back then what I know now. Okay. How many of you have ever said that? How many of you like to go to, back to high school and start over? How many of you say like there would be a few stupid people I wouldn't hang out with? Or I wouldn't be that stupid people people were hanging out with. <laughs> Come on. How I many you know? You see, there'd be some things that change. Come on. Shoot, that boy, I'd slap him. <laughs> see, what happens is God will not always show you what to do, but he will give you wisdom to decide. So what I want to do this morning, I'm going to give you three simple thoughts. Three simple thoughts, and it's direction to wisdom. The first thought that I have is this you got to walk. Number one is walk. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Here, here's what it is. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends. Hey, that's my friend over there. He got the same look on you that you got. Hey. It's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. I love this. Imagine what he says is walk with the wise. In other words, we do life together. This isn't like I just go and ask a wise person for advice. See, how many, I've met people that have been struggling with drugs. Pastor, I'm struggling. Well, who are you hanging out with? Guess what? All your friends are struggling. Everybody, you want deliverance from a lifestyle, and all of a sudden you're going back to the very people that. <laughs> then this ain't working. Let's get the bong. <laughs> That's good stuff. How do you know how to do all that? I don't know. <laughs> hey, all I can do is tell you a story of what I used to be because that Bubba's dead. Yeah. And the Bubba that's standing up here has resurrection life. Yeah. And now I don't get high. I serve the most high. There you go. 
yeah, but God made poison ivy and he made marijuana. I hear people, people made marijuana. I mean, it's green. Well, smoke poison ivy. It's green too. See what it does to you. Get an itch inside. You know, I'm the, let me get back to the message. And this is the reason, because see, you know what? Let me tell you something. When we come out of a lifestyle, it's always hard to get out of that lifestyle if you're hanging out with the same people. The same people, when you have stupid written on your forehead and you're hanging around people that have stupid written on their forehead, it's a rock pile of stupid people. And God's wanting to help you. And that's why, let me just say, that's why it's so important that you become part of a life group. That's why life groups are so important. We all need stronger believers. Listen, consistently in our lives. Because listen, an hour a day, an hour a week in church is not going to help you for everything you need. Doing a little bit of Bible reading is not enough to overcome pulling the world that's trying to pull you toward it that has a displeasing heart. We don't want to become like the world, do we? We don't want to be filled with hate and prejudice. We don't want to be filled with pride. We don't want to be filled with those things that don't change anything. Because when you walk in anger, you can't listen to instruction. You know, and you see what's happening in our country. I'll just back all up. You see, that it's just an anger issue. And no one can hear anybody else. It's not the color of our skin that makes us. We all have a brain. We all have a heart. We all, but let me tell you, the very common thing that we all have is that we bleed red. And Jesus bled his red blood for every man, woman, and child, no matter what color, what part of the world, or anything. Amen? Amen. And it's just stupid people, I'll just say it. It's stupid people that are saying stupid stuff that we don't need to follow. Listen, if you want a roadmap to life, start reading the map. Read the map. You see, what happens is, you see, this is why, why we're so passionate all the way down to our students. Five, I'm fixing to help you out, son. Parents. If your kids aren't involved in OSC students, get them plugged in. Listen, the enemy's after the youngest he can find. He's trying to rob them of their innocence, trying to rob them of things. I mean, if you go on what, what kids have in Snapchat and Blapchat or whatever they call it, I don't care. You know? And then they have things off of that. Your parents can't find out what they said. And they're, you know, but hey, you're fine. And I want you to be mine. <laughs> I mean, but you got 10, 8-year-old kids. And I remember one of my sons one time got a, a girl said, I love you. Said, you don't know what love is. You're breaking up with me. I made him go back to school and say, I did. You see, because they don't know what love is. How many of you knew what love is when you were 11? 13, it was called lust. This is why we're so passionate. That's why, listen, we meet at Java Jolts on Wednesdays at 6.30. 6. They just corrected me. 6. I dropped my kids off. I thought it was 6. Anyway, 6 o'clock. 
My kids get there on time. I just do, it's like, it's like when I get dressed in the morning, I just have to sit there, me and Luke sit there with our BVDs, and Tracy says, you need to wear this, this, and this. Okay, no, it's not true. <laughs> That's not it at all. But this is why we're so passionate, because the strongest thing we can do is life groups, getting people together. Guess what? When you get imperfect people together, and people talk about their struggles, people talk about where they're at, and then people that are there that have walked through things. And see, you know what leadership is? It's being able to tell someone, I've made some mistakes, and these are the things that I've done. And you know what? Let me tell you what helped me, and when people came in my life and they spoke these things to me, I'm, just a, I'm like the Verizon commercial right up here. I'm like the guy, and, they, and I'm going to stand before heaven one day. And I'm going to go, and, and it's not going to be just me. It's the network that got me there. You remember that commercial where they had all the people? It's, it's the network. It's all the people that helped me along the way when I was young. They would open their door when I was in Lafayette, going on McKinley Street, preaching to people. I mean, the next day after I got saved, Pastor Jacob told you stories last week if you were here. I mean, literally. And, I, you know, and the crazy thing is I go back to Broussard campus, or the Lafayette campus, and I preach there. And I have, I have one guy come up to me and he says, he, had, he, he was like, he, had, he said, Pastor Bubba, I saw you. He said, I, I have my twin boys. They're knuckleheads. They don't want to listen to nothing. And he said, all of a sudden I remember. I remember who you were. Because you were the guy when I was a bouncer at Mother's Mantua in Lafayette. You came and preached to me. And you shared with me. Now, Mother's Mantle's not there. I don't know where it went, but it's gone. Or is it there? Anybody know? Can anybody tell me? Don't you answer that question. We're coming for you. Bad boy, bad boy. Jesus is coming for you. Anyway. And I remember he told me, he said, after the service, he said, I lost my wife. Eight months ago, when I saw you, I told my boys, you better listen to this guy. Because I remember when he was young, he was, had something to say then, and he might have something to say to you today. And see, I believe this. We have leaders that are handpicked, that have been chosen, that develop leaders that we invest in, in our students, that want to love the kids. They have a place, an environment, where they can just be real and open. Come on. How many of you needed that when you were young? I came out of that, of a youth revival. There was no youth groups in Lafayette when I was, there was none. And I'm Pastor Jake, sent, and he used to, I mean, they sent him to go minister at Northside High School. When Crossroads was the funeral home, right by New, no, I mean, back in the day. And, and what happened is, through that, there just came a youth revival. And I can tell you, there, there are people that came out of that youth group that are pastors, that are ministers, that are missionaries, that are uh, uh, nurses that are just employed in the oil field that love God because there was a touch of God on their life. And we, you know what? We didn't know what life groups was, but we just loved hanging out and getting together. We didn't have a name for it back then. We said, let's get together. <laughs> We're a sophisticated life group. It's a together group. You see, I... I you know, I look back and I look at how I'm so, so thankful that God put wise people in my life that helped me to make decisions that I didn't know how to make. I was walking with broken people. I was walking with people that have food, full, 
written on it. I was walking around with people that were broke, and I began to look around and go, I don't want to be broken like that. I don't want to be a fool like him, and I don't want to walk around the rest of my life broke. And I remember just going, there's got to be more than to this. But, you know, when I got saved, I mean, Pastor Jacob sent me to a place in Waco, Texas. It was not David Koresh. And, and my, one of my, our overseers, Cletty Keith, he's my, one of my, he's my spiritual grandfather. We had a, a school there. It was a three-week intensive discipleship school. It was called Wineskins. And I remember going there. And, 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 the, and, and the house where you would go was called the Wine Gallery. And God was doing new life in people's lives. And I remember one day I was just asking Daniel. I said, Daniel, I've been stupid all my life. I just need God to give me wisdom. And he said, Baba, there's a book just for you. I go, there is? He goes, yeah, it's in the Bible. Really? It's called Proverbs. You teach you, you read that. There's a proverb a day for every day of the week. There's 31. And he said, and then in even the New Testament, it's called the New Book of Proverbs. It's a New Testament book of Proverbs called James. James, how Pastor Josh has preached a whole series on James. It's a book of wisdom, how to make decisions, how to get understanding. How many say, those are the books I need to hang out in? Because look, bust, bust a verse a day will not keep the devil away. You see, if you want to be a be- make better decisions, hang around better people. I remember a girl named Jodine Wild. I was like, uh, we were, I was in the ministry and I was just kind of rude one day and she pulled me aside because I just said some things that were very insensitive. And she pulled me aside and she says, Bubba, you can't talk to people that way. And I remember again, she began to cry. You just can't do it. She goes, God loves you and you have a lot to say. But if you say it with an acid tongue, you'll never reach anybody. And I remember, it's like, she was crying. I started crying. Jodine, pray for me. (laughs) Jodine's in heaven now. But every time I think about her, I think, man, I remember that moment. God used it. Brother Keith, one time I was coming through town and... And I was, we were visiting with my tra- one of my travel teams, and we were coming in, and, and some of my guys wanted to get baptized, and they had a big old pool right in the middle of the church, and they started baptizing. And I had a three-piece Pierre Cardin suit. Because back in the day when you were on a team, you were like styling and profiling. And he made me get in the water, and he said, these aren't my sheep. These are yours. You baptize them. And I went to lunch with him that day, and I said, I just need to know. I want to know if I'm hearing the word of God. He said, come tonight. He had me get up and share. And when I got down, he says, that was the word. God speaking to you, Bubba. Continue to listen to him. Thank God for people that I had that poured encouragement into me. Thank God for people that along the way directed me and helped me. When I was stupid and I was a fool. And see, let me tell you something. God wants to, see, you want God's direction? Hang out with God's people. Number two, the second thing is sometimes you got to ask. Say it when you say ask. ask. James, we're just talking about James. Pastor Josh did this series on it. And it says, if you need wisdom, what does it say? Ask. ask our generous God and he will give it to you. I have six kids. Thank you. I didn't do it by myself. <laughs> There's still 
three still living at home. What's, what's funny is when your kids are young, you're a hero. And when you, when they, and you know everything, right? Remember that when you're, you, you know, your kids are like, daddy. I mean, they like, you know, everything, you're, you're their hero and they get older and they start, you become their zero. Yep. You become a little like, I think he's dumb. <laughs> How can they, you know, how they think, man, my parents are stupid. And what happens, the older they get, Sometimes they begin to realize, dang, they're a little smarter than I thought they were. Then one day, they may come to you and cry and apologize. And turn into you and they say, Dad, I have no idea. But I've become just like you. And the things that come out of my mouth are the very things you used to tell me. You're pretty smart. That's the way it is. You know, Tracy and I have one goal as being parents. When the kids get out of the house, we want to be low-maintenance parents. What does that mean? That means if they don't ask for advice, we don't give advice. Hello? Because, see, I've learned this. When you're young and your kids, is, kids ask questions, parents give answers, grandparents give perspective. They can look back and go, <laughs> I remember that time. Boy, they got a long way to go, mama and daddy and the kids. But what happens is, is it, is, you know, there's so many options, but until they ask, I'm not going to say anything. Because I've even said this. I had one of my sons call me and say, Dad, I need to know, what do you think? I said, well, and this is how I clarify. Are you asking my opinion or are you asking my advice? Because I need your advice. And guess what? When they ask for our advice, we blow them away. <laughs> we give them everything they want. Are you hearing me? You just, you know, you know, you, you know I'll share every bit of wisdom that I might have and then some. And see, when you ask God, he loves you. He loves to share wisdom with his children. Did you know that? When you ask him, you know, let me tell you, he's, here's the deal. You have to spend time with him in order to ask. And I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm not here to say, well, you're not here. I mean, listen, when you hang out with someone, it's easier to ask them things. You see... You can't get every single, you can't have every single day that you're going to be in a life group. You can't get it every day, you, but you can get it every day when you're hearing God's, in God's word and hearing his voice and led by his spirit. See, here's, he's the good shepherd. He guides the sheep. He guides. Our job is to follow. I hunt, I do, I do guides for hunts. And there's sometimes you bring guys that have never hunted before. And you give them the rules. Point your gun up. Don't do this. Don't do that. These are blind rules. And, you know, we don't load up until, you know, it's about ready time to shoot. Keep your gun on safety. There's just a few requirements. We all want to walk out here alive and having fun. It's the truth. And then, you know, he's like, hey, and when they come, don't talk loud. 
Because I had people go, look, there they are. Yeah, there they went. <laughs> don't talk loud. Don't move. Don't make sudden movements. You know, we just, you know, don't mess with the grass. Well, I can't see you. Well, they see you now. And it was a while back, and there's a guy that I'm not going to say he's a national guy. I mean, he's a pretty national guy. <laughs> and um, we're, we're on, and the geese are just coming left and right. And we're, we're on the levee, and, and, and they're coming. They are coming. And what happens sometimes, what happens is when they come, they might have one or two, like you might have a big group of 20 coming at you and working with you, but there might be one or two that are right there, and you go, just leave them alone. You know what I mean? Just leave them. We want the jackpot. And so we're waiting. I said, all right, no one should be quiet. Don't do anything. They're circling. They're circling. And you go, oh, they're coming. You know, they're, they're coming. And they're cupping. You're going, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the guy gets up and he goes, boom! We're looking at each other. Okay. And I did this. Who shot? Forky tongue. And he goes, I did. I'm like, oh, Jesus, not him. I had to correct him. You can't do that. When there's one or two right there, you're selfish. Because the rest of us, we're seeing the ones behind us. And see, what happens is God is a good guide. He wants you to enjoy the fullness of life. The Bible says God's come to give life and give it more abundantly. Amen? That means he insists. Very strongly, stoutly, that's what the Bible is, stoutly, that you enjoy his life. But the enemies come to rob, kill, and destroy. He didn't matter how long it is, but he wants to rob you of the life he has for you, that God has for you. He wants to be a spoiler. People say, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know me. No, I don't, but God does. He's your father. He sees everything. And he's for you. He's not against you. You see, you know, I love what Psalm says. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway in your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Think about it. I'll guide you. I'll advise you. And I'll watch over you. The best way that I can describe that is like teaching a kid how to ride a bike. Okay, come on, we're going to ride the bike. And I remember my boys, and they're going, okay. Okay, let's go. You ready? Yeah, let's go. And you take the training wheels off. You take one off. And then they're, I'm riding. And it's, they're leaning on that training wheel. They go, all right, all right, we're going to take this one off, and we're going to, I'm right here. Don't let go. I won't let go. Don't let go, dad. Daddy. Don't let go. I don't want to go in the bushes. Okay, come on, here we go. Come on, you got it, you got it, you got, oh, son, come on, son, you got it, you got it. No, and you grab them before they fall. And you know what, that's kind of what God does with us. He guides us, he advises us, and he watches over us. So we learn how to ride, and we walk this life. Does that make sense? Some of you, you're scared to death. What if? He'll guide you. He'll advise you. 
He'll watch over you. He'll walk with the wise. Come on. Walk with the wise, ask, and he will guide you. The third and final point is this, is decide. Walk, ask, decide. I love this movie. It has so many incredible truths to it, but I love the first karate kid with Mr. Miyagi. Come on, you meant Daniel-san. Daniel-san? Walk right side road. Safe. Daniel-san, walk left side road. Safe. Walk middle of road. Like grape, get smashed. <laughs> Don't be so afraid of making a mistake. The biggest mistake may be just walking down the middle. It may not be making a decision and not, uh, not making a, de- cho- a choice. Here, he, so here's the question. Well, how do I know this is God or is the devil? How many of you know that? How many of you ask that? Is this the Lord or is this the devil? Okay. Whenever God's word speaks, our response should be, I follow the word. See, whenever there's not a clear moral, scriptural direction, God gives you wisdom to decide. Hello? There are times people have come and wanted to bless this church and said, Pastor, we would like you to pray about it. I said, I don't need to pray about it. I've already prayed about it. Yes, we'll receive it. Amen. Are you hearing me? I remember when we, were, we had just started the church and I needed a sign and they had a guy in our church. He's moved on, but he had a sign company. And we used to have a bridge crane in one of our buildings. And he needed a bridge crane for his sign company so he could lift things up in his shop. And I was praying. I was like, Lord, you, do, you work signs and wonders. I was looking for a sign, and I, did, I wondered where it was at. <laughs> and he came, and he visited, and he goes, man, I need one of those things. And I knew he had a sign. I said, well, I said, I tell you what. You have signs, and I've been wondering. So we'll give you this if you give us a sign. And he said, deal. Shook on it, and that's how we got the first sign we ever got. It was just, sometimes God brings, sometimes things just fall down. Sometimes they don't fall down, and you got to work hard at it. Come on. Are y'all with me? See, God gives us wisdom. First Thessalonians says it like this. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, look what it says. We decided. What did they do? decided to stay alone in Athens. In other words, Paul had to make a decision. Him and the guys that God didn't direct us, he didn't say anything. We just make a decision. Come on. And there are times when you just have to make a decision. As a pastor, there's sometimes I know God is directing me. And other times where God's just saying, I trust you. I trust you. Well, pastor, what if I make a mistake? Guess what? When you make a mistake, what do you get? You get wisdom. Amen? When you get it, you might get an extra bill for that mistake. You may get an extra semester of school for a mistake. Or you may even get an extra kid for your mistake. But you get wisdom. Don't laugh. I know. I have gotten wisdom a few times. 
Ash, you know, it's like I think about my son, my oldest son, Zach. He came to me when he was 14 or 15, I couldn't remember. And his wife, Claire, was just a girl in our youth group. She was 13. And Claire, when she was 13, she looked like she was 21. Okay? And he said, Dad, I got to talk to you. I said, Okay. And he brings me to the room. He said, Dad, I found my wife. What? You found your what? My wife. I go, son. He says, Claire. I said, son, I don't care who it is. You need to let that heifer graze. I swear to God I told him that. <laughs> She's not a heifer. I said, son, there's a lot of time that's going to pass under the bridge. And in life. He said, dad, I heard God. Well, let's be patient. So in my heart, I, my wife and I were always, and Claire was always involved in the youth group and everything. And then one day... She became my daughter-in-law. It was very romantic how they got engaged. They were going to South Africa. We had 17 people in our church go there. We serve and minister and we built churches and we've served. Pastor Willem, I got a guy, Pastor Rion, that's going to be with us in December. You'll love Pastor Rion. And uh, my sister-in-law had the ring for Claire upside down. And when Zach and I went to go find the ring, I had it brought him to a friend of mine, and he's looking at all these rings and everything, and he's, ah, nah. And I said, I looked at him and said, Brian, do you have any, like, any kind of, like, personal stock or anything like that? And he goes, you know what, Bubba, hold on, I do. And it comes out, and he brings this diamond, and it's a carrot. He goes, I just bought this from an estate sale. And you know what? I'll sell it to you for, I don't want, I'm not telling y'all. <laughs> Cheap. I'm like, and this was my thinking, if he don't buy that, I'm buying it. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to hook Tracy up. She gonna, <laughs> man, Pastor Bubba's going to be hooked up. <laughs> Come on. Hey, when you find a deal, go through it, man. <laughs> but don't make a mistake. She had that ring, and they were in South Africa. They played music. They was in a restaurant, and everybody backed away. And right there in front of all the people in the restaurant, he got on his knee, and he asked her to marry him. He was 21. So he waited at least five years, six years. But he knew that God had spoken to him. He didn't kiss her until he asked to marry him. Now, they kissed a lot after that. <laughs> Six kids later. <laughs> See, I asked you early on, would you move to another town for money? And a lot of you said, yes, yeah, some of y'all were cheap. <laughs> Sometimes God absolutely wants to bless you financially. How do you believe that? 
Other times, you, you may move to another city and, find, and not find a great church. Sometimes you might. You may not find a great life group. Your kids may not thrive spiritually there. There's no way that we're ever going to foresee what's going to happen. I never in my entire life thought I'd ever start a church in Jennings, Louisiana. I was born in Lake Charles, grew up in Lafayette. The only thing I ever remember coming to Jennings when my dad was coached for Software High School, my little brother got picked on, picked on by a guy, and I told the guy if you didn't leave him alone, I was going to beat him up. And I got in a fight here. <laughs> I literally, where they put the barbecue pit at the stadium, where the kids play. I got in a fight right there, and, I, and it made me think, you know, God, back then, I thought it was the physical, but you, wouldn't, you were going to send me back here, and I was going to have to fight some devils. All right? And you see, there's no way we're ever going to foresee what's going to happen. All we can do is be faithful with the next step. You see, don't freak out. Get to know Jesus. Learn his voice. Walk with him. Talk with him. And be with the wise. How do you get to know God's perfect will? You serve him perfectly right now in this moment, today, and where you're at. Amen? See, God helped me to be God, help me. Who you want me to be? That should be your cry. God, help me. Help me to do the right thing. Lead me the right way. See, listen, men, if you want to be the right man and the right husband, walk with God. Talk to God. Ask him things. You want to be a good man, husband, father? It's all right here. You want to be a good wife? Mother, the manual's right here. It's filled with wisdom. Well, you don't know what to do, go to God. And if you don't know what to go to God, go to people. Because I've learned the way you find out God's direction for our lives is sometimes this book will speak to you what you need to do. God gave me a scripture to come here. God gave me a specific scripture. Scripture. Then I started hanging around different people that were wiser than me and beginning to give me a word. It's like last time Pastor Jim came through, and some of you know what I've gone through physically. And he goes, and he, he said, I'm going to Jennings. I need to see Bubba Man. That's what he calls me behind the scenes. He calls me Pastor Bubba in front of y'all, but Bubba Man is my nickname to him. Bubba Man. He's Bubba Man. Did you think I was coming over here to tell you you were going to die? Come on, tell me. Well, Pastor Jim, it passed through my mind once or twice. You didn't want to go laugh at you wanted to come tell me. Come see me. He says, ah, you're not going to die yet. He goes, if you was going to die, I'd tell you, get your house in order. You're my friend. Well, thank you, Pastor Jim. <laughs> but listen, that doesn't mean I don't face trouble. That don't mean I face challenges. Listen. Serving God, we all face challenges. There's one thing for sure in this life. Things are going to change. Amen? But remember this. God is here. God will, will guide you. God will advise you. And God will watch over you. No matter your circumstances. No matter where you've come from. No matter what you've been, done in the past. 
Don't allow the enemy to put the shame game or the blame game on your, on your mind or your heart. God loves every one of you. And you're here today because maybe someone invited you. Or you just want to see, man, there's cars parking. Let me go pull up in there and see what's going on. It's like a banker asked me one time, what do y'all do over there? Do y'all, y'all teach the Bible? I said, yeah. We pull at the crayon every once in a while. It's messing with me. I don't do that. Don't need to. But God's word is true. God's word's alive. And listen, we're just a bunch of un- imperfect people. I was talking to a guy this week. And I said, man, we were the perfect church till you walked in. You know what? I know the church is imperfect every time I step up here on this platform. God's still working on all of us. And it doesn't matter where you've come from or what people said about you. God loves you. Maybe you've never been told you've been loved. Maybe you never felt important. Maybe you were called stupid. You were called different things. You were treated illy. I'm so sorry. I really am. I have compassion for people that had just a hard life where they just had to raise themselves. They were literally latchkey kids. And when you say God wants to be your loving, heavenly father, and then there's some women that go, if God's anything like my father was, I don't want anything to do with it. God's the father you always dreamed of having. And men, you might have got, you thought, you know, to be a man, you got to be tough. You can't cry. You can't talk to people about your stuff. I've learned this. The greatest people I know and the greatest friendships is because I've just shared things, what I've walked through, how I live, decisions I have to, and my mistakes. 